0: What's up, y'all? This is Joel with that TRP crew. And before we get to the show, I want to tell everyone about the 2021 Poly Strong Foundation Drive for a Cure online auction this is an auction guys that helps fight childhood cancer our good friend Paul puts this on in memory of his son and you all if you want to get some great packages and fight for a good cause this is what you want to check out you can go on and you can even bid on your own reload rub and seasoning package with many others as well all of the funds go to a great cause directly to the work in the labs at the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. So last year they raised $200,000, guys. We want to blow that out of the water. We're going to be talking about this for the weeks to come until this auction is over. So if you all want to help fight childhood cancer, you all need to go check this out right now. You can go to www.poly.givesmart.com. Dot com and register for the online auction and bid on all these amazing prizes and packages that are going to be on there so we love you guys and enjoy the show Y'all, welcome back to another episode of That Reload Podcast. I'm your host, Joel, owner of Reload oven Seasoning. Sitting across from me is Jeremy, the booge, the kitchen white ball. Next to him is our sweet and sassy, sometimes salty, showrunner, who likes to copy me all the time, Miss Stacy. Hey,
1: guys. I saw
0: what you were doing over I there know. when I was trying to intro. I
1: can't help myself. I am in a
0: zone, and I don't need you breaking it. I, don't,
1: we, I know I can't help myself. I can mouth the words because I've heard it so many times. We
2: should do a poll on our Instagram stories, seeing how many people mouth Joel saying the same things every week, because uh, it's the exact same intro. Like we don't record that. Like the, Joel does that live every
0: week. That's right,
1: like, live every week. So right.
2: well, we got. Oh, okay. We're jumping oh, right into this. Wow! Oh my goodness! Wow! I, I was Fonzies. asking. I was asking before the show if we have an opening drink, and uh, Stacy just whipped out. Uh, are we saying what these are
1: yet? Oh they yeah. Are.
2: Hold on, hold on. Here, here. L- let me tell you what it is. Bush. <laughs>
1: Apple. All right. Oh, it
0: smells good. All right. I
1: thought for sure you would have already suspected this when you saw me come in with a bag.
2: Uh, Stacy, you, like you eat so many snacks during the podcast <laughs> regularly, I was like, oh great, she brought a whole bag of chips or something to eat in with her. She's gonna like
0: grab stuff out.
1: <laughs> That's true. Snacky Stacy over here. So, so yeah, we have got some Bush Light.
0: Apple. All right, so uh, Noah turned us on to this. We've seen the train. Let's give it a shot.
1: Special thank you to our neighbor Cheers. for picking
0: us up. Salame. Cheers. Uh, salame. Yum. That is. Isn't it good? You, you guys have had
2: these, right? Yes. Yes, but that that the That is really good.
1: That's what I was saying. It's surprisingly good.
2: I used to be really into like uh, ciders and stuff, and like I would always drink them. Like and like this is very good. It it's just not brings super me sweet. back. No, it's not. It, it tastes like you're drinking apple juice with like a, the a tiniest, beer finish. Yeah, yeah, tiniest beer finish.
0: It's good. It so
1: it's really good. Oh look, uh, it's good.
0: <laughs> so while yeah. we're enjoying these bush apples, uh, I want to tell you guys that we're gonna have an excellent podcast mm-hmm. today. Are yeah. we? We, we are. are. We're gonna have an excellent one. It, it's super oh, yeah. super excellent. Uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of things. We're going to get into meat shortages, and the TRP crew has a way maybe we can help you out on that topic itself. Cannibalism, yeah. That, that's right. That's right. So we're going to get into that, but first, we're going to do what we always do, which is catch up. and has got something to say.
1: Um, So, last week, we talked about the flannel pack from Bud Light Seltzers, the, like, toasted marshmallow, the maple pear Uh, and stuff like that. Do we have to talk
2: about it again? So,
1: (laughs) I don't have those. I was unable to find them, uh, thankfully, but, um, (laughs) you know. Thank the
2: Lord I dodged that bullet.
1: (laughs) After I talked to Matt Burdett, he's on our squad at Burdett222, he said they got them uh, Labor Day weekend, and Mm -hmm. he said that they Mm. were so horrible. Oof. That they just ended up shotgunning them, just to, Ew, <laughs> just to no. get rid of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's commitment right there. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to shotgun a beer just so, so you don't want to waste it. Yeah, I don't know if you know anybody's had the
1: opportunity to try them yet. We have not, but it doesn't sound like it has a good track record. Listen,
0: me and Bernie, we're on a we're on the same wavelength. and if he don't like that jazz, I know none of us are going to like yeah. it. Yeah. No. Now he
1: likes these bush he's, apples. He's these a country, are very
0: good. Yeah. He's a country boy like me, and then and he'll eat just about anything. And He's not very picky. I don't like me, I don't think either. So, if he doesn't like it, I know we ain't. None of us yeah. going
1: to like it. So, I probably shouldn't waste the 20 bucks on it or whatever. I, I'm don't. very
0: picky,
2: so I know I'm not going to like him.
0: <laughs> I, I, know, I know. it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, oh,
1: we also have a... Uh, on the podcast at the end of the episode yeah. micro porn.
0: Stacey's hosting a... It's been, how long has it been since so we've done a porn? It's
1: been a few weeks. Like
0: three episodes? Hot minute. Yeah. 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 And uh, everybody
1: seems to like them, so... It was
0: a hot minute because that blew us out with those high proofers. Oh, yeah, that's right.
2: Oh, the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the bookers last, uh, and uh, the, the... bookers the... and the Jack Daniels barrel proof. uh uh-huh. yeah. You don't so, forget that easily.
0: No, we don't. So, um, as you guys heard a few podcasts ago, you know, we were... I was bitching about... Um, labor shortages and all that jazz, which will actually pertain into what we're talking about later in the podcast. But catch up for me, if you've noticed, I have been kind of out of pocket more so than normal. Is because I'm missing your monthly post? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is because um, <laughs> not only you know as as you know my shop is been short on employees, but my main installer uh, got a detached retina.
1: And Which had is to, terrible. And had, to have yes.
0: and had to have emergency surgery. We were so, bro, we're sitting at work and he's looking at me and he and he's like, Man, every time I turn my eye this way, it's black. And I'm oh. like, And I go, what? He goes like, yeah. He goes, I have no peripher when I turn my eye this way. And I'm like, how long has it been like that? He goes, two weeks. Oh my god. Two weeks. He yeah, ain't yeah, told anybody. Lucky. You know what I'm saying? So he's he, lucky
1: he's not blind. He
0: calls he calls the uh, the eye doctor and and they're like, we can't get you in, yada, yada. And they're like, well, what's wrong with you? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, he goes, he tells them, they go, get here right now. <laughs> so he he heads down there like three o'clock in the afternoon. They look at him, they were like, have you ate today? And he was like, well, yeah, I had lunch. And they go, okay. You need to go to this place. Yeah. Go and Joel go. calls they,
1: me and says, why would they ask him if he's eight today? And I'm like, because he going to surgery if he hasn't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so they, they go, don't, they go, go straight to this place. Yeah. I didn't know a detached retina was a big deal, but yeah. Stacy said in, in a nursing school, it's like emergency. We once, wrote it, it once it, on it paper, becomes like fully detached, they can't do anything for you. You're blind. Right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and that's the thing is like, I remember writing on my nursing notes. Detached retina and like the symptoms and like circling emergency, like <laughs> pronto get some help. So, which yeah. is funny because we got bum knee over here now who has his main installer out. So he's having to pick up the slack.
0: Well, you know, me and my brother, we worked really hard creating a crew to where me and him could concentrate on the business as a whole. You worked really hard to make sure that you didn't have to work really hard. Yes. Yeah. That, if you want to say it like that, well, I wouldn't say it like that, but, yeah.
1: you know,
0: <laughs> but so but we, here we are, but here we are, man. So he's been out, for the last 2 weeks man um and he's coming back the uh this following week or this next week and but he still can't he can't drive yeah you know he's very limited on everything that he can do and i'm you know it's it's weird like i'm 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 cool with it because obviously he needs to take care of himself yeah yeah that's like i he, and he feels terrible but i'm like bro you have to take care of this because the last thing I need is a one-eyed welder working for me you know <laughs> one-eyed I mean? welder, welder. Yeah, yeah he's only gonna get half the welds in if he can't see the other it. eye. Like. i worry worried about his depth perception <laughs> like you know he'll get up there thinking something's here and chop that shit off man it's,
2: it's not a, D- does he know like what caused it did he do something or is it just like a spontaneous thing like- so he,
0: he was uh, a while back he was walking down to his basement and mm-hmm. he slipped yeah and he fell down the entire fly. Bow, bow, bow. Good grief. Kn- knocked himself out. Whoa. Huge cut out there on his temple. Right, the, the eye that was detached. Yes. So we're thinking that that is what. <laughs> we're thinking <laughs>
2: that that obvious thing. Yeah. Was. It, the may, thing it may that correlate
1: did it. to the. To <laughs> yeah. The- <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: But so yeah, I've been dealing with that man. It's but we're we're moving, we're shaking. Uh, we are blessed because we did have I did hire two new guys this week. Oh cool! But uh, we're we're getting there, man. But uh, I am wishing my buddy. I'm wishing him well. Hopefully he he recovers soon.
1: And I was wishing you can do more cooking. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, Jeremy made a porchetta
2: oh my gosh guys I've been so busy I got uh, we'll talk about this later because I'll probably save this part for reload recommends but uh, I got two new grills recently uh, which I don't get new grills very nice. often but like I got some really cool Big ones towel. so uh, we'll say that for later but yes I just just did a, uh, a Halteman family meats skin on pork belly porchetta Aww. and it was the most incredible thing I probably ever made like legit I've been talking to our good buddy uh, Will hooked on barbecue yeah he did one recently and yeah. so me and we were talking that he kind of walked me through what he did gave me some advice and then I kind of went my own direction with it but it, it's legitimately top five best things I've ever put in my mouth so
0: for people that don't know what a porchetta is it's a pork butt with the skin on
2: no no uh, not at all no
1: pork belly is what you meant to say so
2: a tradition no no
0: pork oh.
1: belly it's a pork belly oh, Bacon.
2: oh. Belly. oh. yes you should have
0: okay. said yes
1: honey that's yes. what I meant uh, to absolutely.
0: say absolutely yeah
2: <laughs>
1: we sh- saw Maddie Matheson Cooking one, one time on television. He
2: just dropped one like a month ago. Did he too? I was watching his video earlier and I didn't like how he was doing it, so I went to something.
0: He He did a lot of herbs. He did it though for... um, Christmas or something?
2: Yeah. He's probably done it a few times. It it, was a couple years ago. It's a very old school Italian dish. And what it is is... Um, I just did the pork belly, but, um, if you follow the pork belly up, it's attached to the pork loin in the back. So that entire cut boneless and still together, the pork loin attached to the belly with the skin on, you fill it with herbs and seasonings and all sort of good stuff. You roll it up, tie it, and then you cook the entire thing with the skin on. It's super crispy and you slice it and it's a spiral roll. I had just the belly. So no pork loin. Skin on. So what I did is I butterflied the belly in half, and so mm. I flopped it open. There's a whole video on my uh, Instagram of the prep and of the cook. But I stuffed it with like this uh, this spicy sausage mixture that had a uh, garlic and shallots and tons of seasonings and uh, parmesan cheese and all sort of stuff. And then I rolled it up into a spiral, and I put a lot of extra stuff in there because I didn't have that pork loin That's attached to it. Good. I wanted to add a bunch extra to it. Yeah trust it up, put it on the Primo grill 400 for like, I don't know, four hours or so. You don't
1: move it or nothing, just set it there.
2: I rotated it once because one side of the Primo is a little warmer than the yeah. other side, just for even cooking. Uh, but yeah, so that was it. Uh, I mean,
1: the porn part for me was when you take the knife and you like tap it and you so scrape it across that crispy pork belly skin. I, ha-
2: I haven't um, released this video yet, but let me see if I can uh, play this real quick.
1: And I remember when we watched him make this uh, Maddie Here. Matheson, we were like, we have to do this.
2: Here, that's that's the knife across the fork belly. Here we go. We're going to slice it. Sounds <laughs> like you're, I, that's I, like you're like, cutting
1: wood. Yeah. My <laughs> mouth just made more saliva in it. Uh, like, it's just... Shaw's looking at me like, okay. That
2: crispy skin, like the super fatty, rich pork belly, the stuffing on the inside. Oh, that sounds um, good, dude. Will Will hooked on barbecue again. Recommended a way to eat it where, like, uh, you put down like some bread, um, a bed of arugula, a slice of the porchetta, and then melt a bunch of cheese on top of it, and that was phenomenal. Oh my gosh! Like, I, Will and I were talking, and we were we both came to the consensus that like I would rather have porchetta over a wagyu steak. Any day, really. It was that good. Please, it can was we amazing. make this soon? You yeah. Need to
1: do. Is there anything that you would do differently with a second attempt?
2: Yeah, I would probably just change up my mixture a little bit. Um, I meant, you could go
1: with all uh, kinds of stuff. Yeah,
2: you you could really just kind of go free willie. Like I, I I put like um you know um, um fennel bulb in there. I put uh, just all sort of stuff in there because I want to have some fun with it. Um, I meant to put um you supposed to put um um stuff lemon uh lemon zest you're supposed to put a bunch of lemon zest in there it's to really freshen it up mm. i bought yeah i bought lemons and completely forgot to put it on there that would um, be nice so um th- that was one thing i would add but yeah no i would i would go over the top, like I did. Uh, like I added a bunch of stuff to mine, and normally it's just like seasonings and herbs and stuff. And I was like, no, I'm going, going big. So does Altman? <laughs> do
1: they have this on their website for purchase? They
2: do. And from uh, the reason I've never done this before, and I've always wanted to make one of these, is because it's almost impossible to find a skin on pork belly. Because a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, the pork in the United States is actually skinned at the factory instead of having the hair removed. Because that yeah. process is much more difficult. So it's hard to find skin on pork pork products. Uh, Halteman has them. Uh, they got them in stock. You know, hit up their website, TRP21 for another 15% off and grab yourself a skin on pork belly.
1: That's oh my right. Gosh. And we ju- have to do this. That's
0: right. It, it is. For our listeners, it's a pork belly. Unlike what Stacy said, it's not a pork butt. Oh, yeah. yeah that's exactly,
2: exactly yeah. what I said. Uh, you, you had it correct, Joel. No yeah. need to go back and check that uh no, two minutes yeah. ago. It's a point.
1: All right. All right, I have a bag of snacks. Oh, my God. Of Here we go. Of course you do. Hey! <laughs> okay. No. Do Last... we have to? We yeah. Yeah, do. Yeah,
2: I tell you what? Last did, week. Did, did Maisie send
1: these? No, but I I found them actually with my Target shipped uh delivery here just a few minutes ago. All right, so Stacey just looked out a Maisie bag of a nerds
0: bag. candy corn.
1: Did you guys see that she had a bag? I saw And that. she store she storied. She was like, Yeah, I did have some, so uh, help yourself.
0: All right, let's try this. Ner- let's have some nerds nuggets. Su- some sweet nerds candy corns with some sweet I'll try one Bush apple. Oh, I was
1: expecting a harder shell. Uh yeah. It's a soft shell.
2: It's like pasty no. soft. No, it's no, just, the consi- no the consistency is bad.
1: Oh yeah,
0: flavor is okay.
1: Nerds clusters are the way to go.
2: Th- that's why I was asking when you described them last time if it's like a candy corn with like lots of little nerds on the outside, like the nerds clusters, because like that's the game when yeah. you have lots of little nerds and they're all like crunchy.
1: This mm. is where they failed because Ugh. it has the consistency of a candy corn.
0: If they put, That's, that that yeah.
1: weird feeling in your teeth, I wanted it's a like toothpaste. I wanted like a skittle shell,
0: but can you call it a candy corn a if crunchy, you don't give it the consistency? Of I candy mean, corn? I guess
1: you can't. But Nerds I, flavor
0: I, and a candy corn consistency. I
1: wanted a crispy yeah. candy coating, and I yeah. did not get that.
0: No, nah. that was swinging to miss. I'm Ew. gonna I'm gonna render them down and put it over some ice cream.
1: It really tastes. <laughs> that one tastes like barf up front. <laughs> can you
2: chew a few more into the microphone for us, Stacey? I, I really
0: want to get that chewing from. experience. Yes, it's really oh. good for the listeners. Mm. It says mukbang. Oh, the
1: grape one. The grape one's good. No.
0: The consistency is off. They're all bad.
1: It is. It's a candy corn consistency.
0: (laughs) Anyway.
2: Just like try the grape. Oh, yeah. No, they suck. (laughs) All
0: right. Well, let's uh, let's take a break. And on the other side, we're going to dive straight into the meat of the podcast. You're not going to want to miss this. We got some very interesting things to talk about with you guys. So stick around. We'll see you on the other side. What's up, y'all? When it comes to meat, the TRP crew chooses only the best. Halteman Family Meats. At HaltemanFamilyMeats.com, they bring you the true butcher shop experience. Fresh meat, never frozen, and shipped straight to your door. order comes to you neatly packaged in butcher paper, trimmed, and ready to cook, guys. You no longer have to worry about cleaning up your cuts for you and your guests. Simply unwrap, cook, and serve. They have the best Prime Angus fillets, dry-aged ribeyes, hand-pressed burgers stuffed with cheddar cheese and smoked bacon, y'all. But let's not forget—you gotta add a few packages of that skirt steak for the best steak tacos you've ever. Sink your teeth into. So right now, go to haltemanfamilymeats.com and use code TRP21, and you'll save 15% off the butcher shop experience that will change your life. Halteman. All right, guys, so we are back from the break. And something we're going to be talking about is some food shortages and rising prices on your meat. Uh, We live in a crazy time right now. We don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. But we wanted to talk, the TRP crew wanted to talk to you guys about this up the the rise in meat prices and maybe, hopefully not, potential food shortages and ways that we can help you guys combat that. Um, I was talking with Mike. Uh, Mike Beeler over at Halteman Family Mike Buehler. Mike Halteman. I like calling it Beeler. Beeler Anyways.
2: Yeah, and he was recommending everyone get their own pet cow and raise it in their backyard, right? And, yes. And yep.
0: and slaughter it as need be.
2: Well, I actually have a device where you can take uh, 10 burgers off a cow without actually killing it. Oh. Yeah. Sharper image turned it down, but I'm hopeful at Walmart. Hmm. I think what? I'll, Walmart, take anything. That's an office reference. Oh. <laughs> Dwight Schrute had a device where you could take eight and a half burgers off a horse without killing it. So back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's too much for my brain right now. Eight and a
0: half, eight and a half burgers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or 16 sliders. <laughs> so since pre pandemic, we have seen beef prices rise 13.2%. We've seen, uh, pork prices rise 11.4%. Um, just in the last, you know, year, Eggs have gone up three percent, and I know Tyson Chicken put out a, um, uh, a statement probably about a month or two ago talking about how their chicken prices were going to be going up. Chicken wings have been on shortage.
2: It's been hard to find chicken wings. It
0: has been, and so there, you know, many things are varying with this, uh, from labor to. All out just not being able to Or get-
1: COVID precautions causing the production to slow because they've got everybody spaced out or using different, you know, PPEs and stuff like that where it slows down production. I've experienced and it that a lot.
2: I've experienced that a lot in my in my business, uh my day job, just shipments just not coming in because they don't have people to ship the stuff.
1: Yeah, and when I go to the grocery store and, you know, I like to keep a really packed pantry and stuff yeah. like that. I have all the ingredients. I can't find probably fifteen percent of the things that I go in there for because it's like some of the shelves are gone. Some of the flavors are missing and it's things are not stocked like they were. And you know, from the hearing it from the grapevine is that it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Prices are going to go mm-hmm. up and then scarcity of items.
2: Yes. And that is why we're starting a cult and we're inviting you all to join yes. uh, in our cult, Our um,
1: little commune. Yes.
0: That's it. We're going to take out the every reload
1: every renegade. We're going to take out <laughs> everyone in our
0: neighborhoods. We have houses for all of you. Um <laughs> No. So the, um, when I was talking to Mike, I was asking him about did. What did he see or think was going to happen with with meat prices? Mm-hmm. He's predicting because that's what Mike over at Halteman does.
1: Now, when did you talk to him?
0: None of your business. Oh, I don't know. What I mean, the, maybe I didn't. I didn't talk to him right before the podcast. I, I prepped. Oh, okay. You know, but no. Uh, <laughs> I was I was texting with him, and he believes that um, around Labor Day, um, or after we just had Labor, we just had Labor Day. We just yeah. had Labor. Day, that's okay. right. He believes that it's going to level level out for a little bit. Yeah. Now we're past Labor Day, but he says by the end of the year, we're going to see another rise. I would
2: think by the end of the year, you'd see a surge every year because a lot of people are buying big expensive cuts for like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yes. So supply and demand, like prices usually go up around that time because everyone wants to do a seven bone rib roast, which there's only two of those on a cow. So mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, a lot of the lesser cuts aren't getting used. But that's
0: the thing is that we've already seen... A price that the, the uh, you know uh, in, so the prices are already high, since, since already 2019. artificially high. Yeah, yeah. since twenty nineteen, we've seen a thirteen percent jump in beef, so they're already artificially high. We're going to see them level out and then jump again. Toward, so if they're going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, will we have a shortage? Hopefully not. But something that I was thinking about um, that we could tell our listeners to combat this is hunting. Hunting season is here. It's, it's uh, We have goose season's in, elk season is in, whitetail's coming up, and we even have fall turkey coming up. And me and Stacy used to pride ourselves on eating a lot of wild game. And we would have meals for ourselves. We would feed our, our family of four for between 4 and $7. That's with sides and everything by eating wild game. So my this podcast, this whole segment we're going to be talking about is ways that you, the benefits of hunting, the benefits of how how far an animal can do, how many meals are in there, what you can do with it, and how that can supplement you if the prices of meat are getting too high and if we do have a food shortage of something like that.
2: I think that was like the longest intro into like what we're talking
0: about. I today. couldn't
2: get like, it out, ever. man. <laughs> we just went on and on. I heard 13%, 19 times. I mean, <laughs> all
0: right, but so hunting, here we are. Here we are. It's, it's hunting season. I'm stoked. Going I went to nature's freezer. I, I. That's right. I used to I used to put upwards of 10 uh, whitetails in my freezer a year. Not all taken by me, but given to me by others and ones yeah. that I would take myself.
1: Ham and beans would look at me and be like, you oh, need some more does?
0: Oh, ham and beans.
1: I'd say yeah. Yes, sir. That's right. <laughs> All
0: ham and beans. <laughs> <laughs> them their doers aren't made of ham and beans. That's I don't need it. them. So check this out. Um, I didn't know this. I looked it up uh, from a couple of sites. One was um, Hunters for the Hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a, a service where you can donate your wild to get your, big, your wild game to it, and they take that and help feed the homeless. Oh,
2: cool.
0: They equated that you can get 200 meals Out of a single whitetail deer, two hundred servings. Servings, okay. Yeah, but what's a a serving into a meal? But you know, with sides and all that jazz. But so, two hundred servings of of food out of one whitetail deer. And I'm one whitetail.
2: That seems very high. I don't know. Think about it. How many? How many pounds of meat, not including bones or anything else, would you say you get out of the average whitetail?
0: Average whitetail deer. Take all everything out. I would say, Mm, forty. Forty. So that forty pounds of meat means. 40 or 50 pounds of meat? A quarter pound, a little no, less than
1: a quarter pound of meat.
2: N- no, 0. 0.2 pounds of meat. Like, uh what's that like? Like uh two,
0: three ounces of meat as a serving? I would say three to four ounces, but it would be yeah. an average serving for someone.
2: I would say like eight ounces is like an average serving for someone. So I would say like- If you
1: think of like a burger. Eight,
2: 80 pounds, or I'm sorry, 80 servings is what I would say out of like an average, which is still
0: a lot. Yeah, so let's, so let's say- Hundred and fifty to two hundred to be
1: Jeremy the fact checker. Uh, well, no, I mean, burger, <laughs> I'm but just in,
0: no, no. I'm saying I'm saying eighty servings
2: is what yeah. I would say. Uh, it, I think it, I can, if you're doing half pound servings, which like that's like
0: no, a no. burger, like like so, so you have forty pounds. But see, think about this. And not many. I don't eat a half pound burger. I eat a quarter pound burger, yeah. and I'm good. You know, what I'm saying. Well, you're kind of a whim, Joel. You need to like. No, bulk up. listen, man. Okay, yes, maybe, but. I, I don't th- I think most people don't eat half pound burgers. You eat copious amounts of large cuts of meat, but I think yeah, you I, I sure do. I think you could get <laughs> so let's say let's cut that in half and yeah, 150 servings. I would think you could get out of a deer
2: it, it, if you're doing quarter pound servings. Which like when's the last time you wouldn't eat when ate a four ounce steak and was like man that was that was a big old meal.
1: Well, think about, think about <laughs> like ground or pulled or <laughs> something like that though.
2: No, like I'm 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 at a, a half pound.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Jeremy gets eighty servings. I get eighty servings out of one deer. <laughs> <laughs> out of one deer, but that's not including the heart, the liver, the tongue.
2: Oh, I mean all, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. A lot that's of other a lot
0: of other things that you can pull off that animal and make it go a long way, and you can pair these things with. Multiple different, uh, like I mean, for instance, recipe wise,
2: yeah, no of- rice. I, I mean, noodles. Like, yeah, you, you could do a, um um a stir fry pot where you put like a leg in there, which is gonna be a couple pounds, but you put the whole leg in there with a bunch of stuff, and like you'll you'll feed five people for mm-hmm. two days on that one big pot yeah, meal. You know, some
1: fried rice or some veggies in with it, or yeah. mashed Dr- pota- like potatoes are cheap.
2: Yeah, your, your your dried foods go a long way yeah. with that. You you know have a couple bags of egg noodles and make a yeah. uh, bolognese or whatever. You yeah. know
0: absolutely so you can and we're not just talking about venison here um you know geese if you if you're not into shooting bambi uh you can go bird hunting i know a lot of hunters that don't like to shoot uh, big game, but they're all into dove and quail and turkey.
2: And a turkey only takes 15 minutes. You can ask uh, Matt Farr about that. That's it. That's right? It's yeah. that's, that's only
0: 15. if you're hunting with a lick lighter.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's actually faster than going to the grocery store. Like <laughs> it, it, it would take longer to go to the grocery store and find one of those than it would to go out to the wood and just shoot it. I mm-hmm. mean, that no, was just snap, snap. And then we were eating it that afternoon.
1: I wonder what Father Farr has made with his turkey know. harvest. I
0: don't know. We should call him. We should right now. Okay, call him.
1: Nah, we're not going to.
0: All right. <laughs> so no, I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> but you know, there's, there's some people. I've
1: made freezer ice out of
2: mine. My-
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I made a cooling pack for my lunches. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so, you know, uh, questions that people have, may be asking right now about all of this is, it doesn't really save you money. You know, you, if, if you're new to it, you have, you know, uh,
2: there's a lot of up for upfront
0: expenses. There is. So, but I mean, so if you're hunting locally, you know, a, a local hunting license isn't that much, you know, you can, and you, if, if I'm you if you am trying
2: to remember, was it was like 30 bucks or something. Like it's not crazy. And
0: that's the entire year. Yeah. For the whole year. Now we're going to get into some more expenses of this. If it's something you're interested in, in the second segment, things you will need to have. If you want to process your own animal, things you will need to have if you want to hunt your own animal, Mm -hmm. all of the above, all that jazz, but all in all, the, some people, you have trouble finding hunting property. That's a a big qualm with people is where do I go?
2: Well, here on the East coast, we don't have as much public land as I do out like in the center of the country or the Western part of the country. Mm -hmm. Our public Mm -hmm. land is uh, quite small and more overhunted. We have a, a a lot more private land around here.
0: It's true. So, but there's a lot of urban areas that you can hunt in is if you know somebody.
2: Yeah. Recently, downtown in Knoxville here where we live, there was a, a tiger on the loose. And if you had your license, you could, uh, you could have had tiger <laughs> I saves. could have got like,
0: my tiger license.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> or you could be like Joel and anybody he talks to and they say, oh, you know, I, I live on, you know, yada, yada acreage. He's like, bing. You like perched right Th- that's
0: up that's how we man. did our turkey hunt i, I will be i like or i'll <laughs> say like true, yeah, yeah. you met a like, guy at a bar <laughs> yeah
1: yeah or i'll say like hey i um you know one of my co-workers that i was training last night you know she lives out here on a farm and joel's like does she need someone to come like predator control does she need like some you know well <laughs> wildlife management
0: i do man and and
2: it's because but you
1: can get well, areas that way
2: well like i would say like the first rule or guide to hunting is that it's a very much a community thing. Um, Mm -hmm. you're going to meet a lot of people and you're going to meet a lot of great people doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've only hunted because I got to know you guys and I went and hunted on my brother's land and me and him went and harvested a whitetail together. You know, like it's a very community thing. So if you didn't grow up in it, it can be a little daunting getting into it. But once you're into it, you're going to meet a lot of great people of a lot of like-minded people who are interested in, uh, you know, Filling the freezers,
0: up, And that's the thing is, is you don't have to process this animal yourself. You can go to a processor, and that's where the cost will kind of get into a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, How much does it cost at a processor just to- On uh, average, it's going to cost about $70, $75. And that that's was not,
1: years ago before you ever proce- before you started processing that yourself. No,
0: that's now. Like, oh, is wh- it? Years ago, when I quit doing it, you could get one processed for about 40 to $50. And just briefly- It just that, doesn't
1: seem worth it to me.
0: Well, well just briefly to touch on something we talked about beforehand
2: that we're not going to go super deep into Um, deer can carry certain diseases like chronic wasting disease. And if you take it to a processor, 70 bucks, they test for it and you don't have to worry about anything like that happening. Uh, Which is probably a, you know, if I was doing a deer a first time now I would go to a processor just to have that peace of mind uh, in my freezer.
0: So what I will say this is with peace of mind with that is it is Area based. Yeah. So right now we live in East Tennessee mm-hmm. in West Tennessee. There is a small amount of CWD cases that yeah. have come up. It has now, is it a matter of time before that might come this way? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done a really good job at containing it to an area, yeah. but you just never know. Um, so you better
2: would, safe than sorry is kind of just my view. of abso- it. Abso- but, absolutely.
0: Yeah. But you will know because your wildlife resource agents will be on top of that if they're if they they go through they they monitor the deer year year round and if they find a, a case that they or something they think is a case you're going to know about it yeah. if they find one deer mm-hmm. you're going to know about it
1: one thing i will say though where i would be more skeptical about using a processor because anything that i have ever ate from the processor has not tasted good to me because you know my finicky palate i can taste the wild game so i don't know if it's lack of cleaning in between the different animals that I'm getting like that wild gamey buck taste in some of the does that Joel would harvest or, you know, word on the streets is that you don't know if you're getting your actual Mm -hmm. deer that you harvested, you know, you might be getting some yucky buck meat.
2: Due to my affiliation with like uh, meat processing people and, you know, knowing the people that we know, um, beef is administered and overseen by the USDA. Wild Game is not. Yeah. So it's a different organization that does it. So I don't know that they are held up to the same standards. Yeah, I, I'm saying I don't know though. Yeah. Um, so th- there's no telling. Expect it. If it was at a USDA facility, we would know those standards and we would know, you know, if this is your cow coming in, that's your cow coming out because you're selling a certain product. There's a lot of regulation behind it. If, it. if a disease were to break out, they need to be able to trace that cow where it came from, what processing mm-hmm. facility, what farm it came from, all of that stuff. It's not the same with deer. It's a little bit more loose, you, so that could be an issue.
0: You have to vet your processor. Mm-hmm. Um, you Listen
1: ha- here, sir. Well, it's
0: part of the... It, it, I, I can just tell you, some of the processors that I've been to, I see the volume that they're doing with the manpower that they're doing it with. Yeah. And the ones that I used to use around here back in the day, I know for a fact you weren't. That there are some small-time processors you can find, you know, that aren't as busy, that do a good job, and well, you can about guarantee you get your I mean,
1: because you think, like, profit-wise, if they're charging 50, 60 bucks for... I mean, you know how much work goes into processing your own animal. Oh, yeah. I mean, for that much profit. I mean, it's so much easier for them to go smack, 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 and toss all those chunks into a pile. hmm And then... You know, yeah. process those, grind them, cutting them, cutting them into steaks, into roasts, and, and stuff that's like why that.
0: it's so beneficial to do it yourself, to learn to yeah. do it yourself. But. And, and and the whole point of this conversation we're having, let's let's take that off the table. The whole point of this conversation we're having is to help people learn and understand that if there is a shortage, or if there if the prices get outrageous, where it you know meat. Or chicken or beef, chicken, pork, any of that stuff becomes almost unaffordable to some people. This is an alternative for you. And mm-hmm. it, it, all it takes is you putting in a little bit of legwork and research. And just, and hunters are people that, if you're interested, I mean, check it out. Last year, I guided three people on turkeys. I didn't get one for myself, but I got three turkeys for other people. And I loved every second of it. So hunters are people that will open o- open up to you and try to and help you through these processes. And I want people to know that there is an alternative to going to the grocery store and getting these things. And you can live on a great budget and have amazing food without having to go buy it at a grocery store.
2: And if one of our listeners is interested in getting into this sort of thing, hit up Joel at that reload life because like this is the dude. Like I've been hunting before because we talked a bunch about it and I watched a bunch of your videos and like, that was it. Like I'm familiar with firearms. I had like a bro- mm-hmm. one of my brothers owned some land. So like I had some things in my favor. Um, but it was really just talking to you and watching some videos and stuff. Like it's, it's more approachable than you think it is.
0: Absolutely. And I, and it, I do have some tutorials that you can watch on the reload rub YouTube page. So if you go to re- YouTube search reload, rub and seasoning, you can subscribe to our channel there and you can check out some older tutorials I have on processing. Um,
1: Yeah, step-by-step from field dressing Mm -hmm. to skinning Mm -hmm. and then quartering it down, making the cuts, vacuum sealing them. I mean, all of it. I'm
2: familiar with animals and cutting things up and stuff but like i watched your videos that was the only thing i watched and then i went and butchered an entire deer in an afternoon That's you, like so and primal. you took it a
0: step further you like
2: i cut every cut down into into manageable pieces and like t- meal size and vac sealed them like to the like what you would get from a processor like everything was quartered up you know yeah. nicely
1: and it's so freaking satisfying. I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm not the one that hunts, but I help him process it. And when you sit there on your island is full of vacuum-sealed packages that you know is going to provide so much meals, it's like, oh, my gosh, it's so awesome. So
0: Yeah, and, as, and the last thing I want to hit on is there's so much you can do. You know, This is red meat. Yes, uh, I will say a deer tastes different, a moose tastes different, an elk tastes different than a cow And does.
1: regionally it tastes different, according to their diet.
0: It does. So... You know, because there's they're eating different things, and they you know there's much leaner meat, so it's also a healthy alternative as well. But you can you can take this protein and you can apply it in many of the same ways that you do, you know, regular beef cuts. You know, you can make those stews and pastas and chilies, or you can have great steaks, that filet mignon, you know, esque steaks and whatnot. You can make you know, barbecue out of this stuff. You can do all these things. It's very versatile. You just have to get in there and do it and get your hands dirty. So.
1: And I just have one thing to say. What it's provided for us is like, you know, we have a lot of wild game that we eat out of the freezer and we'll eat that day to day. But it has allowed us, it's freed up our budget that we can afford the Mm -hmm. nicer cuts of meat for when we do have the nicer meals like the the skin on pork belly or the nice fillets or, you know, we get some ribeyes, New York strips and... Ribs and and whatnot. Those are like the supplements to a, a, our wild game diet as well.
0: I'm telling you, I would sit down at the dinner table sometimes. Jeremy and Stacy would sit down. We'd all get ready. She go. This cost us four dollars <laughs> <laughs> and thirty six cents.
1: I'm like so proud.
2: You know, it's a dollar <laughs> and eight cents per person. Yeah, it's so awesome. <laughs> That's pretty good, Jeremy. No,
1: nine cents. Ah, what? He said,
2: no, he said thirty six.
1: Yeah, six divided thirty six divided by four is nine. Is it
2: nine? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what am I? Uh, no, 30, I'm 32. 32. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. I don't
1: know. It's okay. We've been drinking bush. Bush. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, let's take a break. And on the other side, we're going to talk gear. If, if you're a new hunter or if you're a hunter that just doesn't like to eat your wild game, you donate it or whatnot, or you give it to other people, we're going to talk things that you need to get started on this. So stick around. We'll see you on the other side. I don't know about you, but as a bourbon lover... I get sick and tired of my high-quality spirits being tainted by plastic or metal flasks when I'm on the go or in the outdoors, not to mention having them spring a leak in my pack or back pocket. Guys, I had enough, and it's time you do the same by jumping on board with the TRB crew and get proper, rag proper. These modern flasks are a perfect vessel for all your favorite spirits. Each flask is built of thick, break-resistant glass then wrapped in a high-end silicone or dark brown leather for that perfect high-end feel and look that a proper person such as yourself deserves. Your spirits deserve more, and so do you. So do the right thing and head to ragproper.com so you can get your hands on the highest quality, best-looking, best-feeling, best-pouring, best-look-how-proper-I-am flask on the market. Use code TRP21 and save to get you and your spirits what they deserve. Rag proper. Hey, we're back. All right. So, we're going to be talking in this next segment right here. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be talking about gear and things to buy, y'all. All All the basics that you need to
2: get off the ground.
1: Oh, I'm going to tell you something right now. Don't go out, start hunting get you a deer or get you whatever and then go, Oh, I need a freezer. And then try to go and find one. Cause you're not oh, going to find one that easily.
0: That's yeah. true. And that's, I, I that is one thing. If you have just your basic freezer in the house, you can't go process a whole deer and then try to put that jazz up. It won't fit.
2: Um, I would suggest anyone just <laughs> to have an extra freezer in their house, yeah. just because, like, um, even not not even for wild game. Whenever there's like a sale, like ninety nine cent pork butts, grab one or two, because like you're gonna make a pork butt eventually. Um, if they, if they yeah, have rib yeah. roast for five ninety nine a pound or whatever, Costco has briskets on sale. Up. Yeah, uh, th- my last brisket, everyone uh, was like freaking out over the price because I did like a, a prep video, and they're like, "Oh my god, how did you find a prime brisket for for, for two forty nine a pound?" And I was like, "I bought it." Th- Two three months ago, and yeah. froze it in my downstairs freezer. Mm-hmm. Stacy
0: got twelve yeah. chicken legs the other day for five dollars. Well, that's pretty normal. They're like always like dirt cheap. Oh.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> but Mister um, <laughs> never goes to grocery. We, store. All right, they're normally like forty nine
2: cents a pound. Chicken legs are so cheap. <laughs> yeah, I thought I had a good one. <laughs>
1: You're we like, buy the, these uh, chicken legs. <laughs> we amazing. buy the whole, the whole tenderloin from Haltman and then cut it up into our size, like our yeah. liking size yeah. fillets. Yeah. Vacuum seal those, put them in there, and we do the same with. With their burgers. Instead of buying like mm-hmm. one pound pack of their burgers, you can buy it where where it's like four pounds.
2: Yeah. So you get uh, eight
1: burgers. The
2: Halteman stuff is never frozen when you get it, but it's always nice to buy just a big package because shipping and stuff. But it it's wrapped very tightly in like cellophane paper and then it's wrapped in butcher paper and then it's in a plastic bag. So like I am fully comfortable putting those bags just as they come into the freezer and then I get it out and the stuff is still bright red. now. Oh, you no. Know, there's like never I've never any had an issue. Burn. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's always been very good. It, Plus, we eat it really fast because it's yeah, amazing stuff. We but. always buy like, <laughs> yeah, it didn't last We long. buy
1: bulk when we do get it, and a lot does go up in, in the yeah. freezer. But that's that's why you need an extra freezer. Yeah. And it brings me peace of mind when the kids say, oh, I want burgers tonight. And I'm like, all right, get to Thawne, and yeah. I've got them right there ready. Um,
2: oh. a, a freezer will, will run you a couple hundred bucks for a small one, and it will pay for itself Handle Very quickly, mm-hmm. ve- like less than a year, it will pay for itself.
1: And the ones that we've got out there that have, we've had for years, mm-hmm. we we got off of like one of those marketplace sites. Like, just someone was getting rid of them, and we just cleaned them up and had. I know. have a
2: chest freezer from I think Home Depot, and it was like one ninety nine, two forty nine, something like that. It was not mm-hmm. expensive. I got it on sale. whether
0: you want to hunt or not. Everyone should have a, a chest or yeah upright freezer. Just, in, their, in their garage. Just
2: shopping those sales and buying stuff in bulk, you'll save so much money.
1: Mm-hmm. Or the rib ribeye roasts. You yeah, know,
2: Kroger, those up. Kroger often has them. Ribeye roasts, which, which are ribeyes, uh, prime rib roast. Uh, they have them on sale all the time, five ninety nine dollars 99 $6.99 a pound, something like that. So you cut those up into steaks, vac seal them, put them in there. And now like you have these steaks, uh, amazing ribeye steaks for $5.99 a pound, which is insane price.
0: That's mm-hmm. it. So I want to jump over real quick... Um, I, w- I was going to talk about some hunting gear, but I want to jump over that real quick because we talked about all this food. Yeah, and talk about back sealers. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get and- yourself a good back
2: sealer for 99 bucks.
0: That's it. And mm-hmm. you, that right there again will pay for itself hand over fist. Mm-hmm. They're easy to use, and you can portion control. All the meat that you buy.
1: Yep. Oh yeah, get a pork loin, a whole pork loin, and cut it up into pork, and roasts pork chops and chops. And and chops and and create and your and meals uh, intentionally. Put
2: two in each bag so you have dinner for the family yep. or whatever. You write,
0: take a sharpie, write what it yep. is on there. Mm-hmm. Put mm-hmm. the de- put the date on there, and you, then you're ready to. You're, when you open your freezer, you have, you can look at what's in that package, how many's in that package, and what date you put it in there. Yep. yep. So, and that's that's and the opposite of that is if you don't want to buy a vacuum sealer, would be. Butcher paper and cellophane. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you can use uh, which I've done this postagrap. before. Uh, postagrap, yeah, plastic wrap. Yeah. I've done this before. Before I had it. this was year probably five over five years ago. Before I ever had a sealer. I bought a whole uh, beef tenderloin and cut it into steaks and did a bunch of stuff with it. And I didn't have a vac sealer. So I did the, uh, the cellophane thing where you have the plastic wrap and you put it in there tightly. Then you, you squeeze it around and you kind of whip it around. So it's nice and tight. Then you poke a hole in it to get all the extra air out. And then you wrap it again and then put it right into the freezer. And yeah. there you have something close to a vac seal, but not quite as good.
0: So Steve Ranella. uh, the meat eater he's kind of the godfather of hunting and cooking and all that jazz if you're in that community mm-hmm. um he doesn't use a vac sealer he does that method that you just described that's that, that's his method of storing it it's
2: ridiculous for someone like himself who hunts as much as he does to not have a vac sealer
0: he says he likes it better i'm with you I, he he does he he likes that i the, love it cuz i could just toss thinks, our
1: vacuum sealed packs just well but
0: he said his mindset around it is that the cellophane and butcher paper is more foolproof than the vac seal bags because you do get sometimes you get a vac seal bag that didn't seal puncture. all the way or had a little puncture in it so, and then it opens up with air. And,
2: I mean that kind of comes to like the that's re- the the real topic of the show is uh, freezer organization, uh, how you organize <laughs> your freezer. Um, if you're a madhouse or a mad person, and you're just you know being shots from across the room into your freezer yeah you're gonna break the seal in your bag but if you have a good vac sealer like um i think we all use food saver um mm-hmm. good bags double seal your bags that's something i always do you're not going to have an issue unless you like if, if you're being that rough you're gonna break um plastic wrap too the only yeah. time
1: we've really had issues with that has been like on the shanks so the exposed bone
2: so if it's an exposed bone you're supposed to cover that with a piece of plastic before you vacuum. that's it.
1: probably what we should have yeah. to, or, yeah. I've never done mm-hmm. that but yeah but we that's did, but we've pop. had issues from them yeah, yeah exactly the yes
2: yeah, any sort of bone like i've gotten uh meat from meat companies like t-bone steaks they put an extra piece of plastic around that t on the bone like you know? wrap
0: some cellophane around the bone or well, something what, like what that? they
2: do is is they take um you know it so um your vac steel bags actually come in rolls and you cut the bag and make the bag for whatever size you need they cut like just a small piece of that
0: plastic off and use that to to oh. double wrap it that's yeah, all it that's
1: is that's a good tip that is yeah.
0: a, that's a great tip mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So and what Jeremy was talking about the topic of the podcast a freezer freezer organization <laughs> freezer hey those bush apples are getting to me, um, it's super important to me to organize your freezer because when you open that door you need to know I have these cuts here and I have mm-hmm. and I have beef here or I have pork here I have because if you don't label your packages and you don't have them in designated spots things get mixed up I have gone to. To people's freezers, and they don't even know if it's moose or if it's it's. We've whatever, been gifted deer. meat
1: before, where it's like a solid chunk of meat, and, and you don't know like, what it is. They have no idea what this is because yeah. they don't label it. Well, you. Go ahead.
2: You should always have like a first in, first out policy. Like, use the meat that's been in there the longest exactly. and recycle it out. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're going to have little turds that get stuck in the back and they're in there for like nine years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, what I want, what I feel is really important, usually around the beginning of the season, Joel and I will go and we'll take everything out of the freezer and we organize it into cuts because we tend to always. We, we tend to not cook the roast or the shanks as often as, you know, ground and the steaks and the tenderloins Those and stuff cooks. like that. Yeah. So we, when, when we go and organize it, then once he does come home with a harvest or two, we say, okay, we're good on ground. Let's go ahead and cut up steaks with it because that's what we cleared out of before. Like right now, we're out of steaks and backstrap. I mean, like those, we've been out of those for a long time. Um, so this time- to drop
2: the ball, I know. I know.
1: I know, provided for <laughs> the family. But that, then we know when he does come home with those harvests, okay, we need to get steaks versus actually grinding up some of those things for, for burger, mm-hmm. burger meat.
0: A thousand percent. And you can plan your meals- Before you butcher your harvest. Mm -hmm. So if you know what cuts you already have, you go, well, you know what? I want to have, like you said, Stacy, more steaks. I want Mm -hmm. to, and I've got, you know, well, I got this many people that are living with me, or maybe I got an event coming up and I want to put this many in one packet. I'll thaw it out at one time. You know, you can play, you can be intentional on how you butcher or how you have your animal butchered based off what you want to cook via that animal.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: To that point, uh, you mentioned another another item someone could purchase, a grinder, a meat grinder. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a meat grinder to process any of these animals. I never had one when I processed mine and I just made steaks and roasts. Mm-hmm. You, that's, that is yeah. something that will uh, allow you to do more things, but it's not something you have to have for that first deer. Yeah, Um, that can come later on. Yeah, that can come later on. That's not essential to have, but it is a really cool thing to have. I have one now. I'm actually planning on using it this weekend uh, to make some burgers. But, um, you know, you don't have to have that to start out with.
0: That's it. You can see how you're going to progress into this. See how you like it. See if you're going to stick to it before you go investing in a bunch of equipment. So if you're, you get where you're processing a bunch of animals and you're like, I love this, then make that investment in an, an electric grinder. Mm-hmm. You can even start with a cheap hand grinder. Make, get, you can get 10 pounds of meat, call it a day, 10 pounds yeah, of ground mm-hmm. and call it a day. It, it's a little more work, but you know it's some, it's a good, inexpensive way to get into the processing part.
1: Now, Joel makes an excellent venison chili. Like it's- It's a board winning, but, but so we do tend to go through the burger meat or the ground meat more. Um, we have quite a bit of shanks now the shanks, we have made a killer braised shank before and put it over some like polenta and it's Mm -hmm. phenomenal. Like cook it with some red wine and tomato paste and like leaves. And, Mm -hmm. um, but now since we do have an abundance of those, you can take, and a lot of processors do this. They'll take the meat from the shanks and make shank ground which is yeah. supposed to be really excellent ground meat for that
0: yeah you have to grind it several times yeah because yeah, all the connect, be, kind it of course yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: but um back to the grinder part you know like it's not just for venison like those turkey breasts that we harvested with mm-hmm. Matt Farr you know giant I tend to eat ground instead of the whole turkey breast as much I prefer ground turkey ground turkey tacos lettuce wraps uh you know turkey bacon white turkey yeah. chili you know yeah <laughs> turkey bacon strips. It, co- it comes from the tur-
2: it comes from the turkey belly yeah um, it's, it comes, yeah. it goes
1: this
0: way yeah if you're
2: wondering. yeah
1: you can use it for for the turkey and you know so
2: uh, I'm planning on using my meat grinder this weekend to make uh hand ground uh burgers like yeah. beef burgers you know yeah. so you, you can, can use you can use it on anything you want
1: fillet scraps you can yep. do brisket. You know, brisket trimmings and make an, a killer burger with that. That's ty-
0: typically what we would do when we would process a deer is we would take a lot of the trimmings. And if I was quartering up steaks into the portions I want, mm-hmm. any steaks that were eat tiny, little tiny Still things. Still really clean, lean. Just make a little trimmings pile and yeah, at the end, you just, there's your ground. There's your, There's your good, you know, 10, 15 pounds mm-hmm. of ground sometimes.
2: All right. We talked about processing basics, what you need. What else do people need to get started?
0: So if you're new to hunting, one thing that I want to tell you is you do not have to go out and buy the fanciest of fancy gear. A you don't permit have, you can
2: just poach. That's, that's, that's is it. Is that what we're recommending? Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. You get you a, 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 a very big spotlight and you go in the dark. <laughs> and a bag of corn. <laughs> I, have I re- of corn. read about it right. Uh. <laughs> but no, uh, you know, you don't have to buy. I mean, I mean, Jeremy, the first deer you killed, what were you wearing?
2: Um, probably like a hoodie and a pair of jeans. That's right. I was in a blind. Yeah. Even, even when we went on this turkey hunt, I don't have any hunting clothes. I went out and bought a camo T-shirt and I wore a pair of green pants because that was close enough to camo because I was like,
0: eh. It's one time. But no, that's what I'm getting at is you can go to Walmart or Academy and you can buy the baseline camo to get you into this jazz. And you don't have to get, you know, like I, I will reference this Sidka. That's probably the most high end camo out there right now. Um, the other thing you're gonna want to think about, and I don't know if you all have ever thought about this. I know Stacey, you haven't, uh, but is weapon choice. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're if you're trying to get into this lifestyle, you have got to think, be intentional on how you're going to hunt. Are you gonna be hunting in an area that has, you know, houses around it? I got a buddy of mine, he solely is an archery hunter because he, I call him a suburban whitetail legend. He gets permission from these people to hunt inside of neighborhoods in these little sloughs and whatnot. Was that the guy sitting on your roof when I came up earlier? Huh? Hmm? No, Tyler. <laughs> no, but no, you can. So you—he's
1: the guy that did all the beautiful landscaping out back.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, the, the yard full of.
1: So hay, he like does right beautiful now. landscaping, and he's like, "Hey, can I, can Do I you hunt your neighborhood?
0: I <laughs> kill the thing that's eating all your plants?" Hey, yeah, I'm not, but he 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 will go. He'll go. Hey, I'll uh I'll take care of your leaves this fall if you let me hunt. And they're like, <laughs> okay, you know, deal. But so that you can do stuff like that. You're going to, if you're someone that doesn't have a lot of time to practice, let's talk archery. You know, you, if you're going to get into bow hunting, that takes a lot of practice.
2: A lot daily practiced year round. If you want to be a good archer, yeah, if you don't want to
1: be a Kirksey official,
0: that's it. If you don't want to he, be a,
1: he's drilling the arrows every day. It seems like.
2: Yeah. I shot competition archery when I was uh, a young you man did. and <laughs> I won some state level championships. No
1: shit. Yeah. I just got
2: a Florida. I just got a
1: trad
0: bow. A
2: tribe? No, Trad. no, yeah, Rico, uh, recurve, uh, traditional bow hunters of Florida. Yeah. Yep. I just got just
1: so lying
2: a hundred percent serious
1: <laughs> I even I
2: even made my own bow and made my own arrows
1: holy shit
2: I, I worked for, so like long story but I worked for a, a landscaping company this was when I was like uh, 14, 15, 16 years old worked for this landscaping company and the guy was super into archery so after work we would he had a, like a whole range on his property where like the, the plant nursery was uh-huh. I'm talking like 50 plus live animal targets you know like the big foam ones And so he had all these bows, and so I got into it. And like after work every day, we would go and like walk the range and shoot arrows and like ended up doing competitions and stuff. Somehow I manage.
0: I hate how much of a man
2: he is. All right. So, anyways, anyways, it is an absurd amount
0: of practice to be good at. Yes. That's the point. But if you don't want to be, if you don't have the time to do an absurd amount of practice, but you want to hunt you can buy a crossbow. I was
1: going to say get a shotgun. I was going to say a gun.
0: And- that's the step I would take. Well, no, Point and shoot. <laughs> Some areas you can't. You want to be discreet because it because you are in a, a a suburban area, but or and you don't want to uh um uh, you got houses around you or whatnot.
2: Yeah, but I would still recommend a good amount of practice with the crossbow because like some people Absolutely. like put the bolts in upside down and then it's like not. they'll shoot really crooked, um, and that can be like a big issue if you don't know which way the bolt goes in the uh, the See, crossbow. Even the best
1: of hunters, have how do you remember this stuff?
2: Even the mediocreist of hunters gets it I, wrong sometimes. <laughs> I went almost, I went three weeks
0: shooting the brick and arrow. Upside down in my damn crossbow. It's not an arrow; it's a bolt. It's a a crossbow. Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. But you can. You can get a crossbow, and they shoot more like a gun, short range. Like Jeremy said, you've got to practice. So anything, anything you're shooting, you need to be diligent. You need to, to get pretty,
2: pretty close with archery and with crossbows, uh, 30, 40 yards, uh, anything longer than that, then you have to take into account drop and a lot of other uh-huh. factors. Uh, it's not like a gun. You can't reach out 200
0: yards and touch something. Now, if you want to go spend $1,500, $2,000 on, uh, on a, like a Raven crossbow like I have, yeah, those things will shoot 100 yards uh, mm-hmm. once they're dialed in to 30 yards. But still, lots of practice. Yeah. So, the next after that, you know, gun calibers, we can go all day on. That's going to be something that you're going to want to go to your local gun shop and just talk about what fits you. Anything from a 243 up to like a 300 short action uh, Ultra Max, something like that. I would say 270 is a great caliber for someone to get started um, on hunting. Even a 30 six would be a good caliber to get somebody started hunting it doesn't kick terribly bad they're accurate good you know um, reliable guns to shoot so the last thing i would say on this before we get out of this segment uh, we didn't get into on gear is one knife that you should buy which is a decent fillet knife that is not super flexible just a medium stiffness fillet knife you can do everything you want to do processing an animal with that one knife
1: mm-hmm. are there any like brands that you would recommend
0: well Dallas Strong's out you know a plethora of stuff um outside of them i would say uh cold steel is a great company for that affordable very sharp very good steel and budget friendly um i would check with them uh i've got a few of their commercial series knives and i love them so yeah
1: they're not like really awesome to look at they're not super pretty but they do the job
0: mm-hmm. good hand grips and everything I right. Let's take a break. On, time. No, it's time. I'm ready. And on the other side, we got Micro Porn, y'all, and Reload Recommends. Stick around. It's going to be great. Do you like to cook? Of course you do. And we all know that quality knives and tools are a cook's best friend. That's why we only use the best, Dow Strong. Dow Strong has the highest quality, sexiest knives I've ever laid my hands on. Any knife that you would ever need, they have it. But they don't stop there, guys. At Dowstrong.com, they also carry block sets, aprons, cookware, culinary tools, and even everything you need to maintain a kitchen's best friend. So, guys, run! I said run to Dowstrong.com and use code that Reload Podcast. I said that Reload Podcast to save on the finest brand in the game, Dowstrong.
1: All right, guys, for today's micro porn, I was going a little. I don't know what would I say. Um I'm curious. I'm curious on this one because both of these bourbons have a huge reputation. But will they stand the test of taste? So, number A is Blanton's Single Barrel Bourbon, 93 proof. And B is Weller Special Reserve, which is 90 proof. Now, a lot of them, you know, people there's a huge hype with these bourbons. And I want to see what the guys think about them when they are tasting them blindly. Let's get them in here and get to tasting. Okay, guys. What I have for you today are two Glen cans sitting in front of you. One on the left is number A. One on the right is number B. So
2: with these micro porns, we can do number left and number B or number left and number right.
1: Okay. <laughs> Number left. Hey, left. Do, well, you, do you
0: want paper or are you going to just no, eyeball it? I'm yeah. Eyeball it.
1: So let's just go ahead and taste number A.
0: All right. Number A.
1: We'll do this quick.
0: I have my faux Glenn. I have a real Glenn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say I don't have prices for you. I didn't go. I didn't research what? prices.
0: All right.
1: I mean, I can. You know,
2: that means that, so Joel and I have been picking up hints all night. That means it's something that's been in your collection because she doesn't, she has not purchased it recently. Oh either. yeah.
1: That's right.
0: Jeremy really picked up on a, on another one that she, she let, what'd you, what'd you say? She so she wouldn't let her, you drink showed bourbon. Her, showed her hand. Yeah.
2: Yeah. She wouldn't let you drink bourbon before this because I think these are probably going to be lower proofer and she doesn't want you to blow your palate out and they taste like water.
0: Well, I can tell
1: you right are now. Are you finished? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Take it a sip. <laughs> this does not smell super high proof. Tasty, my mm-hmm.
0: How does it taste?
2: A bet nutty. Eh? A little spicy. Is it delicious? It's good.
1: There's a popsicle sticky?
0: Could have a little, um, a little rye to it. I'm, I'm not enjoying it. I mean, if someone gave me a glass of this at a party or something, I would drink it. But it,
2: it's 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 not, it's not a, bad. It's a, it's a
0: fine bourbon, yeah. It's, it's not bad. Of, it's got a little bit of a sour smell, like a pickly sour smell to it. It doesn't have a dry popsicle stick to it at the no. end. No. Oh. No.
1: It's a well rounded bourbon, in my opinion. No, yeah. It,
2: this is fine. Yeah. Th- this other one would have to be bad for yeah. me to choose this one, but uh, we haven't tasted uh, number, no. number right yet. But. No, it's
0: good. I mean, I'm a, I enjoy it. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not like impressed.
1: Okay.
0: Cleanse the palate. Mm-hmm. Cleanse a mouth, Octoberfest. Mm. All right.
2: Number right. Number right
0: this one smelled better
2: this one has a more full bodied smell to it it does yeah, yeah like uh, like uh, baking
0: spices
1: <laughs>
0: is that still funny no okay. it is
1: funny but I had a mouthful of bourbon oh okay okay huh <laughs> you guys are so stumped <laughs>
0: well, I know I'm like, I, it's uh
1: Jeremy's sticking his tongue out and breathing with his mouth open Bobbing his head up and down.
2: I'm trying to see if there's any woody flavor on there. That popsicle sticky, I'm, I'm not getting it. Who's um, um, effing the hell out of this? This has some more fruity flavor to it. Um, the oh, other, the, the first, yeah, the first one was a little like spicy-ish. And this one is a little more fruity, a little
0: more well-rounded. Both of them though are oh, so freaking flat for me.
1: It's because you're used to 163 proof. <laughs> yeah, like. N- <laughs>
2: No, neither of them are jumping out as anything crazy but like I, I,
0: I, I would drink these like these are oh, fine I, 100%. yeah 100% I mean there's not there's very very there's there's one there's one bourbon or whiskey that I would not drink and that's the Harbinger yeah well, what about that the green briar? that yeah. Greenbrier is pretty bad drink. that Greenbrier is freaking nasty out. which one was green uh, like a Greenbrier it's this, this one of these no uh, disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting would you like to try
1: some no I'm okay. good I'll pass alright
0: so I mean A smells better Or, I'm sorry, left smells better than right. Well, Uh, I
1: I entered the guests into um, A and B. Number
0: A and number B. Uh, A smells better than B.
1: And I think A tastes better.
0: So so you like A?
1: A! (laughs) Let
2: me try them both again. A for eggs. I'm leaning towards B, but I'm going to try them again.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to go and say it. A is sweeter. It's got a little bit more depth. The nose is uh, a little uh, more floral. Um, and on B, it's got a more robust smell, but the, the taste just goes whoosh, off, the, uh, off the back end for me. Maybe I have COVID. Try
1: B again. <laughs> Try B again, because for some reason, my second sip was different.
2: I like B better. To me, B um, has more of those bourbon characteristics to it, the caramely, um, almost some floral notes to it. A, I would say, is probably a high rye bourbon. Maybe not a rye, but a high rye. Higher rye
0: mash bill. Yes. Um, my preference is B. Stick them with, with A.
1: All right. You guys ready to hear what they are? Let's go. Yeah. All right. A. Blanton single barrel. Frick.
2: Blanton's really? Blanton's. <laughs> really.
1: 93 proof. Huh. Interesting. That's, and B. Weller special reserve. Oh, that's, that's, that's my, my boy. That's one of your heavy
2: hitters. That's my boy. Yeah.
1: So I went with those two because they are really well known in the bourbon community a lot of people go gaga over them but then like the really deep bourbon snobs are like oh no blanton sucks special reserve sucks you know compared to you know antique waller 12 you know sure yada yada but i thought let's put them back like in this blind tasting when we've not had any bourbon at all today and side by side to see you know is it a good bourbon
2: yeah and we were not blown away we didn't hate them like no. they have a reputation because they are good bourbons but we, again, weren't overly you guys impressed. Weren't, I but know.
1: And I was so shocked because Joel's like, yeah, it's not my favorite. And then Jeremy's like, well.
2: Oh, let Let's see what special Blanton's Reserve tastes like. <laughs> there we go. Mixing the two together. Salame. Salame. All right. Now that's a sip worth having right there. We mixed there. them
1: together. That's
2: good. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah the, you, oh, wow. It's oaky and sweet. Yum. All right. It's the it's the it, sometimes when we mix them together like this, you, it's not the best of both worlds. But this is the best of both worlds. Yeah, it's
1: pretty nice. It's mm-hmm. very deli- delightful. So Fun. okay, that's what we have for for micro porn today.
0: So I want to say one quick thing on micro porn uh, on these two things right here is yes, we would drink these. Yes, um, it's a, it's a solid pour, but for the price point and the popularity i think and the
1: difficulty to get them the,
0: yeah, like, yeah
2: so uh availability price points Blanton's MSRP is around 70 bucks um, Weller Special Reserve around 40 bucks but you will never find them for those prices Special Reserve will easily go over $100 secondary and Blanton's can go 125-150 secondary easily
0: yeah so outside of secondary even even when we go to Brittany I'm getting a Blanton's bottle for Minimum eighty bucks, yeah. ninety bucks. There's a small markup. There's there. so much better, but yeah,
1: budget bourbons. Mm-hmm.
0: It is so for what you're getting out of these. I mean, I would put some some fifteen to twenty five dollar bottles.
2: Yes, a bottle of uh social reserve. uh Get yourself a bottle of regular Maker's Mark. It's a weeded bourbon. It's great. It's twenty bucks. There yep. you go.
1: Now, one thing that I would say myself, you know, if you're sitting down to a nice meal. Say you want to have a glass of bourbon. Something like these, these lower proofs, 90, 93, um, and these well-rounded flavors would be a perfect glass to pair with, like a hearty meal. Amen. Because it's light, it's not burning you out. Easy sipper. Yeah.
0: Amen. I will say this: since that the micro porn, the last one we had that I did.
2: Where you blew us out with your 190,000 proofs, bro. Bro, cha-
0: bro, Chacho, I uh, I'm catching back. I'm I started diving back into the lower proofers. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, we had the, the double oak on here, oh, yeah. uh, that was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm realizing that there are some some 90 to 100 proof bourbons and whiskeys that are delicious and provide that robust flavor that aren't you know that don't blow you out that you can really enjoy. I'm still, to me, 115 and below, and 115 to oh, 95 is, that's my sweet spot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right in there. So, um, anyway. Passing
1: it over to you, sir. All right.
0: It's time. That time you've been waiting for, y'all. We recommend things to you that are cool and badass. And with that being said, let's roll straight into tss. Reload. recommendation Recommendations. Recommendations okay so we're gonna jump straight into this we're gonna do mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I, will,
0: mm-hmm. I will flip this table over Jeremy <laughs> myself and then we're gonna roll things in with uh, round things out with Stacy so Jeremy what you got homie thank you Joel you are a one in ten thousand
2: thank you <laughs> Uh, so I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, I recently got some new grills. I wanted to recommend one of them. I got a, uh, a Ghazni rock box, which is a pizza oven. Uh, the one I got is gas powered and wood powered. I did my first pizzas on it just the other night and they turned out absolutely incredible. Um, as of the recording of this podcast, I have already posted a photo of that first pizza absolutely amazing um i had to go through like a warm-up cycle because it was the first use but um it got up to 950 degrees with absolutely no problem um, and Joel, we've used different uh, pizza ovens before, but this yeah. one is really cool because it rolls the flame over the top just like a regular pizza oven would. So it cooks from the top down, which is what you want out of a pizza oven. Yes. Yes, because it gives you that, that leopard printing on the um, on, <laughs> on, on the crust. The cheese is bubbling. The, 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 the pepperonis that, are all crispy. I with, mean, it's amazing. Some pizza
0: ovens that go from the bottom, you don't get those. That, those like you said, that leopard, that brown, yeah. the brown burnies on the cheese. Well, my
1: hey, question is, it good. said 90 yeah. seconds. Was that raw dough in?
2: Yes, yeah, so, um on the post. I said, the the pizza cooked in 90 seconds, 950 to 1,000 degrees for 90 seconds. And your pizza's done. I mean, as soon as you put it in, like, because the the heat's coming from the back and rolling to the front, so the back is a little bit hotter. As soon as you put it in, I'm putting down that peel and grabbing the turner and starting to turn that pizza so that it can cook evenly because you got to rotate it. I mean, and And then as soon as you get it rotated all the way around, I mean, it's done and you're pulling it out. If the top's not as melty as you like, what you do is you pick it up and then you bring it up to the top a little bit and it'll crisp up that top real quick and you bring it back down because that's where all the all the flames <laughs> are on the top i got a chubby <laughs> it's really cool um and so that was with the gas burner i haven't used the wood burner yet and i'm very interested in it and so I'm-
1: it's gas powered to get the flames and in, in the heat up that high
2: so 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 it has um different um um like fire boxes you can attach to it one is gas powered and one is um one is wood powered so i use the gas powered one for the first time when to make it as easy as possible and so my next round i'm going to use the uh the wood fired box and do like you know charcoal and wood in there into a wood fired one what was this called again that's it neat. is the Ghazni rock box.
1: Now, what is the rock price box. point on these?
2: Um, I want to say it's like uh, 4 dollars or 5 oh, wow. something like that. I thought it would be more
1: than that. Now, it's is this not... a stationary item that you keep outside, like keep it covered, or do you bring it in? Or...
2: They have covers for them and stuff. I think the, the, the actual oven weighs like 45, 50 pounds, something like that. It has like a strap so you can move it around, and it's it's not big. It's quite small and it's extremely well insulated. While it's rolling, you can actually put your hand on the outside of it and like not burn yourself. Really? It's it's very hot, but you won't burn yourself. Like it's that well insulated and it has a temperature gauge on the side and you can control the flame and everything. So you could actually do like baked dishes in there. I'm interested to do like some baked pasta dishes and stuff and some pans um, because you can control the flame and like, you know, set it to around 400 degrees, 500 degrees and do like some baked dishes and stuff. Um, I'm interested to explore uh, a lot of recipes in there.
1: Now, how long did it take to cool the pizza down so you weren't taking a bite and going like, "Ah,
2: well <laughs> one bite everybody knows the rules yeah. as we say in our house the camera eats first so, oh, so it there's was, time it was plenty cooled down unfortunately yeah. but no it was still it was it was incredible um i i used a different dough recipe than what i would normally do because because um it was just like i want to have pizza today so i Star did a, I, no no i <laughs> I, 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 did a, I did a I did a same day dough recipe so i made the dough yeah. in the morning and it was ready that evening instead of like the the, the five-day dough recipe I normally do which um, is like sourdough involved and stuff um, so it was it was a little bit of a different dough recipe but the, it's so much lighter and airy like as the heat hits it with such intensity it like bubbles up and it just feels like such a lighter pizza it's so good
1: oh yum so you do keep the Ghazni outside?
2: I have like a storage area yeah. for my barbecue grills and stuff, and so I put it inside there, in there and just bring yeah. it out. And then I bring it out oh, as back. I use it. And then I built like I added a little pad onto like my uh, back area, for, like for it to set on in anticipation of it coming. So that's
1: so cool, man! Yeah.
0: All right, well, do a little pizza party. That's a yeah, excellent recommendation. A good ex- I'm coming over. I want pizza. So let's do it. All right. So the uh, the recommendation that I have is a TV show, one that I've been binge watching like crazy. I'm a Game of Thrones fan um, Minus the last season Uh, Minus the
1: finale Minus
0: the finale, yeah I love um, those type of shows And we were on, in Mexico We met this couple And they turned me on to the show called The Last Kingdom And it is, it came out in 2015 They have four seasons on there A fifth one is coming but basically, it's about.
1: I didn't realize it came out that long ago. I didn't
0: either till I just looked it up a second ago. Uh, but the it is about England and the Saxon invasion. So or not Saxon. The oh Danes, the Vikings. Yeah. So it was the Saxons versus the Vikings. You know, and it was about the king that was a king of Wessex, and he's trying to create one England. But it's a, it centers around this one character who was a. Um, a Saxon boy who was captured by Danes. This is no spoiler alert, okay?
2: I swear, like I've seen this show before, but it was probably back in 2015, and I completely forgot. Yeah, so it, it, it probably, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but it's it
0: basically his journey to he he is he is a, a a kid from England who was raised by Vikings who has come back to try to reclaim his birthright, but he still believes in all those things. Amazing! It's awesome action filled every episode I've been staying up to like 12.30 and getting up at 6 <laughs> you know because I can't, can't stop watching you know but I feel you. Uh, so The Last Kingdom check it out you won't regret it if you like swords, guts, sex all that stuff check it
2: out what uh, platform are you watching on? Netflix
1: or- okay guys
0: Stacy what you got girl?
1: for this week's Reload Recommends I have a song by Warren oh, Zeters Zeters from the album oh, wow. 717 Tapes this is ride the lightning.
0: Can't say I never saw it coming. I can see the warning signs. Mama always said I was born on the wild side. I guess my mama was right. Cause when the clock strikes midnight, gonna ride the lightning the thunder till the darkness pulls me under gonna fly on wings of fire breathing good lord lift me higher singing oh when they call me on singing oh when they call me on i'm gonna ride the last that's they reload reference
1: guys
2: so you know, I did not recognize the name of that song when you said it, but like I've heard that song like 900 times and on I lo- on I Instagram? it all over the place. I yeah. love that song. So
1: I played it for Joel the other day and I said, I found my Reload recommends that I'm like, I have a, a bunch of them, but yeah. I, pu- I put it at the front of the list and he was like, I don't know where I've listened to this, but I've heard it. This just came out a couple weeks ago. But I've watched. Did it really? Yes. Oh my god! Mid August.
2: I've heard this hundreds of times. Because
0: the the artist he's been pumping the hell out of it on Instagram. He's like, my new songs coming out, guys. It's
1: like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's clean.
0: It's good. Yeah. it's It's a good song. It gets me amped up for sure. So, great recommendation, honey. Thank you. All right. Well, guys, that's the end of the show. Uh, We want to ask you guys to leave us a review. If you like this show, hit that five star on there, y'all. It helps us continue to do what we do. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. Do it. Do it right now. That way, you can listen to That Reload Podcast anytime, anywhere. We love y'all. We'll see you on the next show.
1: See you next Tuesday.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Reload Rub and Seasoning. Head to ReloadRub.com to pick up the full arsenal of our delicious blends, perfect for amping up your next meal. No MSG, clean ingredients, and a portion of every sale is donated to Hungry Heroes, serving those who serve others. So head over to ReloadRub.com and order yours today.
2: All right, so what do you call a bulletproof Irishman? I don't know. Delightful, Rick O'Shea.
1: <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> a bulletproof <laughs> Irishman.
0: That's terrible. Stacy has forbid me to partake in bourbon during the podcast until the micro porn. Yeah.
2: Huh. Oh, she probably has some low proofers, and she doesn't want you to blow yourself out first, oh. and then get lame. Yep, that's what happened. Wow, oh, like. she she showed her hand. Yeah, we got her. <laughs> <laughs>
0: she did. Okay. <laughs> At least I want to have some content for the end of the podcast. The last one had we not have dick. We didn't <laughs> have dick. There was no funny oh. comments throughout the whole podcast.